Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Athletes. Today, I mean, every day is an amazing guest. Today we have an, a, a fantastic, fantastic person, Chase Blackwell. He is on USA Snowboarding. He is an Olympic hopeful. Chase is a super cool dude, very relaxed, very laid back. I'm sure you'll enjoy listening to him talk about his sport and what he's been able to do with his life so far. He's a very young guy, um, but he has some major aspirations ahead of him. He has some major ability, and he really looks like he's going to be getting to where he's looking to go. Um, Chase had an injury early on in his career, which was a um, an eye opener, a setback, not even really. I mean, it was more of a motivator, I guess, but you'll, you'll hear all about that in this episode. So guys, uh, again, one more time, Chase Blackwell of USA Ski and Snowboard, Snowboard and Skiing. Um, and uh, I, I really hope you guys have a wonderful episode. All right. And another special episode of the Our Athletes podcast today, we have Chase Blackwell, USA Snowboard team. He um, does half pipe. That is his discipline. Super interesting, super cool. We're excited to talk about that. Chase was born February 1999 in Longmont, Colorado. Um, he started snowboarding at the age of three, has been on the USA team for two years, and this year he was recently promoted to the pro team. Chase, thanks for being How's here today. Man. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Man, it is going absolutely phenomenal. I get to talk to some unbelievable athletes on a daily basis. <laughs> now I'm having a blast with it. Get to hear your story. Get to hear what everything you're about, everything you're yeah. doing. So, um, yeah, if you don't mind, I mean, that was, you know, what, a, a three-sentence introduction. <laughs> I'm sure you got a couple more interesting things to tell us about. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just super pumped to be here and stoked to, you know, keep the ball rolling and keep snowboarding. Love it, man. Should Love it. Fun so to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit kind of, I guess, yeah, tell us about your life, like how you got into snowboarding. You started snowboarding at three, so I'm sure it wasn't quite your decision. Um, so <laughs> let's go do this. So tell us a little bit about your life, how you've been yeah. doing, how you got to this point so far. Yeah, definitely. Um, I started snowboarding when I was like two, three-ish. My dad, he's a big snowboarder, and he kind of, you know, just kind of got the ball rolling, picked me up a snowboard, and was like, all right, we're going. And I was like, you know, I was just like, all right, sick. And then, um, so like started riding at Eldora mountain in Colorado, basically up until I was like six, we'd just kind of go up there every Sunday or every Saturday and just shred, kind of have fun. Every once in a while we'd go up to Crested Butte mountain cause we have a house up there and like, I'd usually do my birthday up there and whatnot and, you know, have fun, just kind of snowboarding. And then like when I was probably like six or seven, that's like when I was like, snowboarding's like you know I really like snowboarding that's like really where I want to be and that's when I kind of chose to you know take that route and I was up at Copper Mountain actually and I just saw these kids and like all these team jackets on Team Summit and I was just like yeah I want to do that <laughs> and then my dad's like all right sounds good next year like I was on Team Summit and kind of just took off from there that is killer, man. I mean, so, so like how many kids though are like, yeah, I want to snowboard. You know, like, of course, like all eight year olds are like, I mean, shit, I never even have been yeah. on a snowboard before. And at eight, I was like, yo, I want to snowboard for the rest of my life. So how were you uh, able to actually at such a young age be able to a first realize like, okay, that would be pretty cool. And then B actually be able to put that plan into place to the point where you made it to the United States national team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if when I was that young, if, that's where I was actually thinking where my head was going to be at. Like, I don't know if I like knew the whole competition thing or really anything at that point. I just knew that I like snowboarding and I was like, you know, that's just, I was pretty decent at it for my age. Like even without having a coach or without 
you know, nothing. Just it's like, all right, I'm a young ripper, and like, you know, I could see myself just riding a lot more and you know progressing. And that's kind of like where my head was at when I was younger. And then I like got on Team Summit, and then you know they're like, all right, we do con- these contests, we do USASA. We, if you do get in USASA, you do nationals. So kind of just took off from there. I like, started you know, started small and worked my way up. It worked out, man. Yeah. I mean, that is super cool. And, uh, it, obviously you made the right choice, you know, clearly you made the right choice. It's working out for you and I love it. Um, I just think that it's super cool, um, that you're able to, you were literally like, yo, I want to do that. And your dad's just like, yeah, sure. Okay. You go do that. And, uh, you just like, okay, I'm joining the team. And they're like, oh yeah, by the way, these are all the things that you kind of have to know if you want to compete. Yeah. Yeah. So then I guess what, um, also, I just think it's really awesome that for your birthday, you would go up to the mountain. I mean, like for my birthday, I'd go to the arcade. So like, that's just kind of, <laughs> it's just funny how, you know, it's a little different in Colorado than it is out here. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that is super cool. And it worked out for you, man. So how, um, what drew you to specifically half pipe? I know recently we've talked to Toby Miller and he kind of described that most people just start out in everything or, or at least yeah, in, in a couple different disciplines. Sure. What was the reason that you kind of went to half pipe? Was it something you did was it something someone else saw how did that process work um i'm not honestly like i'm not sure really you know it's just something that i just really liked like when i was younger um i started off racing bmx like when i was really young like from when i was like four to like seven right when i started snowboarding i raced bmx like pretty competitively like for my age like and that's what I did. So when I started snowboarding, I actually started like border cross and I was like pretty good at border cross. Cause I knew like the whole gate thing and like high lowing people. And like, I just knew how like racing worked a little bit. So like when I first started competing, I like raced border cross and I kind of like just knew racing. And then, um, I just, the kids, it was just kind of gnarly, I guess, <laughs> like a little scary to me. And then, I was just having fun, like, learning new tricks, and that's, like, where I kind of fell in love with, like, the freestyles part of the sport, and that's, like, when I was super young, like, probably, like, you know, eight or nine is when I was, like, yeah, I think I like freestyle more than border cross, Um, and then I just competed slope style, competed half pipe up until I was 14, 15-ish, and then what really turned me on to half pipe is just I think I was just I just the person that I rode up grew up riding with was Jim Smith and he's just like dude that's down to earth and down to like the core of snowboarding and like you know clean edges and all that stuff so I was just kind of better at half pipe almost is how I felt like I felt like I could do better in contests I was more comfortable in half pipe rather than you know going and chucking on a jump like half pipe it's more about you know, technically the riding part of it than just throwing big tricks. It's like you have to know, you know, where you're at and what you're doing at all times rather than just going down, hucking something big, which, I mean, slope style is totally gnarly and, like, totally a different world, but definitely Half-Pipe has its own, like, characteristics that make it what it is and, like, why I chose it. And that's kind of like, you know, it's just something that I felt like I was better at and where I felt like I could – take to the next level yeah man that makes sense yeah it definitely uh 
I love your terminology, by the way. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure every word you're saying, and some of the some of the interesting ones, but I kind of have a pretty good feel for it. So, I mean, it just sounds like the the precision in half pipe is just a little bit higher, and that's kind of what you fell in love with, and the ability yeah. to kind of need to pretty be much, yeah. almost perfect. Because then, as you know, I've talked to a couple other. Um, snowboarders at this point and then you know one trick leads into the next trick leads into the next trick so yeah. four tricks down can really depend on how well you land you know your third yeah, you know so yeah exactly, that part, exactly. you know tell me tell me a little bit more about that and kind of how you're able to build out a run what you see and kind of how how you're feeling after one trick and you can know like oh shit like the rest of it's gonna be great or three tricks down the road it might not be that great you know tell me tell me what oh, that's definitely. like and just being you know in the moment I guess I mean I struggled with that for a little bit up until like my injury really I was kind of just scared of like where I wanted to be in the half pipe and like where I needed to land and all that kind of stuff so I'd kind of pop a lot more and then I decked when I got hurt and then you know I was like really thought about it when I was off for a little bit and then right when I got back I was like all right and I just want to relearn like all my tricks and like make them so I have the first trick you know like a front three perfect cap three perfect front five perfect back five perfect and like you know that's it's really that's what snowboarding is it's like you have your fundamentals you have your base tricks and then you build each trick off of that one trick so uh, yeah that's kind of like what I focused on for a little bit like I went to BK Pro with Bud Keen and when I was like time to for me to maybe like go upside down twice I was like all right, well, I want this front seven, like, perfect, you know, to where I land perfect every single time, and I know exactly where I'm going to be, and, like, that's what I really focused on for a little while, was just one trick, you know, and that makes every single trick help, and I don't know, each trick kind of builds off every trick, and I don't know. Yeah, no, 100%, you have to set yourself up, so I'm, I'm, um, a sports junkie i'll pretty much watch anything and that's why i do love mm-hmm. the olympics because like once every four years like i'm the biggest snowboard fan i'm the biggest <laughs> fan on planet yeah, yeah. i'll watch people run 100 meters over and over again i'm all about it uh but you yeah, know during during sure. the, the the i guess we'll call it regular time like i love baseball i love football basketball and you kind of mm-hmm. have to set yourself up you know in football you have to set up the next play with the previous player two plays before it yeah definitely um, baseball you're setting up your pitches as a pitcher so that way the, mm-hmm. you know so it definitely is um it's interesting to see that a lot of fundamentals actually go across many different sports to make sure you know as you said you need to make sure this trick is perfect that way when you do some variation of it or or even the next yeah that you have everything perfect you can go and then building a run like down the half pipe it's the same way like you gotta you know i like to start off with something big but something clean like something i know i'm gonna have i'm gonna land it perfect because that first hit in the half pipe is going to set up your entire run. And if you hit like your first hit and you're going to just blast into your second hit, you're stuck. Then you stomp your second hit, then it's just going to blast into your third hit, you're stuck. But like if you like have a sketch, it's definitely hard to come back from it. But it's doable in half pipe. Like, you know, you just have to kind of clear your mind really quickly and recover. So it's a lot of recovering and a lot of like building on like, what's not perfect and what you know you really feel comfortable with 
because nothing's ever perfect yeah 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 but i mean i'm sure you've had a couple where you were just like that was the closest Uh, thing that uh, i've gotten so so even on on that front so it sounds like it's it's a technical thing to make sure mm -hmm. that you hit you know your first couple tricks naturally but it's also almost sounds like a a, a (laughs) mental thing from what i'm hearing from definitely the confidence factor of okay Mm -hmm. i slammed that first one all right that means this next one's going to be even better a because technically <laughs> technically you're good oh we got a cat in the picture that's phenomenal yeah <laughs> um technically you're doing well but you know confidence wise um you know they, they both just build off each other so i think that's really interesting um mm-hmm. really interesting to hear um so you you mentioned it before you actually were unfortunately injured this was back in 2014 tell us a little bit about that um get as deep as you want man i'm, I'm sure it's not you know a highlight of anything um but you know tell yeah, us a little yeah. bit about that <laughs> how that happened and kind of how that really affected you moving forward uh-huh so like that was definitely like a make or break year almost for me like not totally but it was like one of those years that I started doing bigger tricks I started going bigger in the half pipe and I started progressing my riding and then right around is like the first year that I was supposed to do rev tours so I was 14 I think at the time and um yeah, like I was working on front nines. Like I actually already landed a couple front nines and I was doing like just big front fives. And there's just like one cold morning, like I was really feeling it doing some big front fives in the first hit. And I was like, yeah, I really want to start my runoff with a big front nine. And that's when, um, yeah, like what happened was I did like two front fives probably that day, that morning. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do another front five and then go into front nines. And I just wanted to blast a front five, like do it really good and like feel good about it. And I just went like bigger than I was kind of expecting. And then kind of got, I scared myself definitely. And that's kind of like what hurt me was like, I like did a big front five and I got scared. So I kind of over-rotated a little bit. And right when I over-rotated, I caught my edge in the lower tranny. And then um, kind of face-planted, like went face-first into the flat bottom, fully face-planted, and then like knocked myself out, fractured my collarbone, my humerus, and my scapula. Whoa. And then I was out, then like, yeah, I was totally out of it for a little bit. I remember like my coach coming down and talking to me and like, I don't remember much like what they were saying, but I remember he was like, do you want to go up or down, like walk up or down the half pipe? Cause I was in the middle of the half pipe and I was like, <laughs> I'll go down. <clears throat> and then I walked down and then I remember like being in the ER and then I just remember them being like, yeah, you're going to be out for six to 10 weeks and I was just so bummed I had to go back to school and I was (laughs) no (laughs) normally I took normally I took the second semester off of school um so that year I was just like yeah super bummed like no I don't want to go back to school went back to school took some time off it was the first time I ever like broke anything broke a bone and I broke three of them at the same time um then well, I just think I think it's pretty funny that the 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 worst part of the story is you had to go back to school. Uh, from your point of view, at least, it sounds like yeah. that's what you're most disappointed about, which is kind of funny, which really shows. Well, us. No, and was, I can understand. Was, I can yeah, understand. yeah, it was like going back to school, and then the first week I was back in school, it snowed like thirty inches one day, and then like 
12 inches two days after that and I was like sitting on the couch and I almost cried like I was like I broke myself off and they're just getting the sickest snow ever right now like what am I doing that also that was was tough that that was probably the toughest part was here like right after it happened hearing that they're gonna get like you know 45 inches within a week and I was like oh my gosh so that, you, that was a tough one all <laughs> you could do is sit and watch man that is i mean that, yeah. that's also pretty disappointing uh having to go back to school i never want to do that so i can completely understand where you're coming yeah, from as yeah. well um i guess from a um from a snowboarding standpoint obviously you weren't able to for six to ten weeks it sounds like something along there um yeah i think it's really interesting that if if when, remembering back to the beginning of the conversation you said before after your injuries when you stopped being scared and then right here, you pretty much said one of the biggest reasons why you got hurt was because you were scared. You kind of yeah. spooked, spooked yourself a little bit, kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the I was going to say kind of like the puppy looking in the mirror, like, oh, my God, wait, what is that? Um, yeah. you know, it almost sounds like that. That was kind of what did you in, which is pretty disappointing, and oh, obviously, from, from your standpoint. So what then, other than the fact that you were injured and, and hurt and weren't able to snowboard for an however long and then getting back as slow how did that kind of I mean it sounds like it really changed your mindset for the good realizing yeah getting scared is actually a pretty big negative mm-hmm. yeah definitely I mean that's one of the things like we've always been told like as snowboarders is you know do your tricks with confidence and go in knowing you're gonna do it like you don't want to back out you know don't want to be scared really and I feel like when that happened, it like really kind of taught me that lesson. Like if I would have just held on or was confident with it, I probably would have just stomped that front five and would have not even been hurt, but kind of got to learn the hard way. And I was like, all right, I definitely just worked myself. And it was fully because I, you know, got scared in the moment and freaked out where if I stayed calm, I would have been chilling. So that's definitely when I was like, all right, gotta like take it easy for a little bit recoup um took like eight weeks off and i was just dying to snowboard the entire time missed like all those ruptures that year so i was like kind of missing points and then um i went back like first week back snowboarding we just went to park city because i didn't do like any contests that year so i like went and did a usasa in park city just to get some points for nationals and then like while I was at Park City, I was just feeling like so good about how I was riding. And I was like, felt like I was stronger than ever. And I wasn't sure if it was like, you know, I'm not actually stronger. Like I've definitely just been chilling for like eight weeks. Like I'm definitely not stronger if anything, but mentally I just was thinking about snowboarding so much and thinking about like how pumped I am and how lucky I am to be doing what I do. So as soon as I got back on my snowboard, I just wanted to make up for all that lost time. And that's kind of like what really put me in the right direction was I was like, all right, I just missed a year. Like I got to catch up right now. And I definitely just like, wasn't scared about it. Like I kind of just went in like full force and went to park city, like won that USASA. Then I actually never podiumed in nationals until that year that I broke my collarbone. And then I went to nationals and I was just, I did my run a few times in the morning, like during practices, like took, called it good then like went into my run and I was like knew I was gonna land it just because I was so ready for that run and so ready for everything that's built up to that moment so that's kind of I just knew I was gonna 
kind of put it down and I did and I was super pumped and that's kind of like after that season you know it was like more of a almost gave me more confidence you know that like if I mentally train myself to be like knowing what's going to happen where I need to be and what's you know everything's going on if I know mentally where where I need to be then it'll come in my riding hell yeah man I mean that's it's it's so true not even just for snowboarding again I've never been snowboarding so I really I really can't attest to it but it's it's so true in life like if you're super confident going in somewhere the the outcome is usually going to turn out better because you're mentally in it you're not scared you're not worried about what it could go wrong you're just thinking I'm going to crush it. Um, so yeah. it's definitely something where, you know, just anybody listening that hopefully they can learn, unfortunately from your mistake, but it sounds like it was, it was a blessing in disguise for you. Obviously not at the time, but moving forward, yeah. it seems like it's been a huge, um, you know, huge positive almost that came out of it. Yeah. Unfortunately you kind of lost uh-huh. a year, but at the same time, as you said, immediately out of it, you're podiuming, um, you're getting on the podium. That's podiuming is probably not a word. Um, yeah, yeah. and you're, uh, you know, you're able to go ahead, do whatever you need to do. And now, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of keep rolling forward and keep crushing it. Yeah, definitely. Love it, man. Very cool. So, um, you said USA SA or SF, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. is yeah, that no, it's USA SA. Okay, is that the um is that the same thing as the rookie tour? Is that um No, no. USASA okay. is kind of like the grassroots snowboard and snowboard come up. It's okay. Like, that's kind of where you get into like when you're first starting off, you start off in USASA and you kind of build up, you know, you get your points, go to nationals, do go to nationals, you get your points up even more, start doing rev tours, build your points start doing Grand Prix. Like that's how it kind of goes for the U S riders. And then world rookie tour is kind of their own thing. And because you won, you won that as well. Correct. Yeah. I won okay. the year after I broke my collarbone <clears throat> yeah. and did my injury. I went to Oslo and they did, it wasn't the finals, but they just did a world rookie tour. Like kind of, they kind of have their same thing. Like they have qualifier events and then they have the world rookie tour finals. Mm-hmm. So like I just went and did a normal world rookie tour, but it's super similar to USASA kind of like grassroots kind of thing. People from all around, like mostly Europe is where they come from. But I was just down in Chile actually last week doing nice uh, judging a world rookie tour actually. Very cool. Very yeah. Cool, man. So, so um, after I broke my carbon, yeah, I went to Oslo, Norway and just did a world rookie tour event there and then won that. But, it wasn't until 2016 or 2017 that I won the World Victor Finals. It was 2017. Very cool, man. So just last, last year. year. Look at that. Yeah. Not too bad. Not too... Congratulations on that one, man. Very cool. So what's – um. So you, you unfortunately break your collarbone. Turns out it was a blessing in disguise. You start winning a lot of these tournaments, and you start just crushing it even more than you were, which is amazing. So then at what point – during this were you named to the um united states national team Uh, Mm -hmm. how how did that process go what were some of the emotions you felt and what were some of the things that were going on um during that whole process so it was the year after is my it was the year after i broke my collarbone i had all that whole next season and that's when i went to the world record tour in oslo won that i went to rev tour in pennsylvania in Pennsylvania, Seven Springs, and I got second in that one. And then I got invited to Junior Worlds in 
China and I got third there. And after that season, like I was, you know, feeling pretty confident of like how my riding was and, you know, just feeling good really. And I knew that they, you know, they moved some people up onto the pro team. And I was just like, I knew that I wasn't 100% positive that I was going to get put on, but I was feeling pretty good about like where I was standing, like with the U S team kind of thing. So I felt like if now's the time, like it's going to happen. And then yeah, Spencer Tamblin hit me up like a month after nationals and was like, yeah, dude, you're on board. Like, let's, let's do this thing. And I was like, hell yeah. So super pumped. And then right off the bat, we went to park city for like a little, uh, camp, like a little training camp. And then I did rookie orientation for the U S team and then went straight to the hood with the U S team. So just the rookie team, but yeah, it was like pretty much that two weeks before that all went down and it was like, all right, like we're doing this, like, come on, let's go. So I, it was like, you know, that's the best way to do it is like hop right into it you mm-hmm. know, kind of thing. So right into the fire, on how everything worked out. Yeah. It clearly worked out for you. That, that is pretty, it's pretty incredible. It's pretty, um, pretty awesome turn of events just kind of all this stuff happens and then they're like all right yeah, let's go come on and you're like okay cool let's yeah go. let's go with it so that is exactly. uh that is that is pretty phenomenal and so how um how has joining the team how has that helped with uh training or with um any sort of kind of progression in the sport because i'm assuming uh-huh. being around some guys that are relatively the same age relatively the same skill level you guys are pushing each other the coaching so how how has joining the united states team really helped you personally uh when it comes to snowboarding um definitely it's definitely all about you know it's not always about the coaching and you know where you're standing but just the almost the name of you know like being on the rookie team like it was like the year before I got put on is like those were the kids that were crushing it It's like you know Toby Nathan Rabal like all those dudes were like totally lacing their runs they had it down there sending I was like all right I want to be with those guys and then it's like you get put on and it's now here's your chance like you get to ride with these guys every day and you know they're pushing themselves at the same time because everyone wants to take it to the next level and that's kind of like the whole thing with the rookie team so you kind of everybody's just building off of everybody's energy and you know it's not even always just the guys like the girls are killing it on the rookie team and like everyone's just pushing themselves and you know we have these little camps and you know it's like you're warming up to a contest so you're like building your run but at the same time you're like almost learning new tricks because you know this guy's doing this something or you know he's trying dub chucks 20 feet out and you're like oh my gosh so like you know you gotta step it up so it's kind of like you know you just build and feed off of everyone and those the dudes that I've ridden with like you know that I've competed against for most of my life you know from when I was eight years old you know I knew those kids so once I was riding with them like all the time is like really it's like all right here's like this is your spot to be kind of yeah man yeah I mean clearly you deserve it um from from everything you've been telling me from everything the internet's been telling me you you definitely deserved your spot on that team so how long thank you yeah no please man thank you for everything you do you're doing way more than I am don't worry what is um so then what's the process like going from the rookie team how long are you there you know what are some of the Mm -hmm. things you've learned and then actually being you know uh promoted up to the pro team yeah, yeah. Um, so I was on the rookie team for three years from like after my sophomore year in high school. So junior, senior, and then last year I was on the rookie team. 
And then at first, you know, you kind of like what Dave Reynolds kind of told me, it's like, you know, when you get put on the rookie team is like, you're kind of content, you're contending with the other kids on the rookie team. And then when you get put on the pro team, you're contending with the other people on the pro team. So that's like, when he told me that, like, that's like kind of where I knew like I needed to be. So when you put on the rookie team, you know, you're like, all right, now I'm like here. Now there's going to be ch- kids chasing me to get my spot. So now I need to chase those guys to get their spot. Kind of. <laughs> so um, definitely it's just instantly like you got to go time, progress, progress, progress. And then um, I'm not sure. Like, like, and then, so, so you've been on the rookie team. You're really competing. Obviously mm-hmm. competition breeds excellence. I truly believe that you guys are all going just absolutely nuts with each other after each other competing with each yeah, other. Yeah. Yeah. What's then and like, then, keep going, keep going. Yeah. So yeah, we're, you know, we're all building off each other and then you kind of, once you get put on the rookie team, that's when you kind of start getting invites to Grand Prix or world cups. And, you know, you start traveling the world even more. You go down to New Zealand to train, you do a contest in New Zealand, you get your invite to us open. Like that's like kind of when I was like, all right. So like, I'm on the rookie team. I'm like doing good in these rev tours, which is like the amateur contest. And then it's like, all right, but I'm like, you know, kind of missing out on some of these things and these bigger contests. So you just really got to try to focus in and like harness, like doing your big tricks, you know, when it counts. And that's like really when you focus on getting to that next level to where like you can make a final in a grand prix or, you know, do well in us open or do tour or whatever it is. And that's kind of, you know, that's the difference of like the rookie team pro team is like, you know, rookie team, you're killing it in these amateur events, pro team, you're killing it in these pro events. So this year, so like, yeah, I did like all the rev tours for like the last three years, did some grand prix, some us opens. And at first, like, it was really hard for me to like even land a run first in like grand prix. And then, um, like I kind of dialed it back down like a little bit just cause I was like, all right, I don't need to like, you know, I'm still only 16. Like is I don't need to try to win this Grand Prix. Like let's just land a run. You know, that's kind of like where my focus was, was like, all right, like I want to win this Grand Prix, but I want to land a run. Like landing a run is going to build, you know, I can build more off mm-hmm. of just knowing that I can land a run in one of these bigger contests. So that's kind of like when I took a step back and I was like, all right, I don't need all these double corks. I don't need ball. I'm just going to do the run that I know I can do. And like, I think it was like Park City or something, Grand Prix in 2016. I just like, you know, just did like a pretty mellow run, like with one like flat front 1080 in it. And I got like, I don't know, it was top 20, like it's 17th or something. Mm-hmm. Um, But I was like stoked. I was just stoked that I landed around like, you know, I missed finals by seven spots or whatever it was, but whatever, like I landed a run, I could build off that. And then, you know, I've just been trying to build off that, like handle the pressure in these bigger contests. And then this year, Mammoth Grand Prix, um, I don't know, I was just feeling good. And the pipe was kind of gnarly, but like everybody was like stepping up to the conditions. So I was just like, you know, I have to step up. Like, I'm not going to let, you know, what, this conditions throw at me like kind of run what I do 
every year like the conditions were kind of like throwing stuff at you it's snowing it's windy it's hard you know you kind of have to deal with the conditions it's the, it's the people that step up to the plate are the dudes that you know do well at that contest so this year I was just like I'm not gonna let that stuff get to my head I'm just gonna you know you know now is my time so got into finals landed like a kind of sketchy run but like got into finals squeaked my way in there and then finals is like a night contest and I've I've done a couple night contests but like nothing like this like this is like almost x games kind of style Mm -hmm. all the people from LA there's probably like 5,000 people at the bottom of the pipe and you know we're practicing it's super loud like you drop into the pipe and you know instantly hearing people like woo so it was like totally different and I was like all right like this is legit (laughs) so that's kind of like when I was like all right you know like let's pull one down and go from there so first run kind of just like feeling the crowd out and everybody's like you know the hype was insane so I just went in there and like landed my run and felt pretty good about it and then I wanted to build off of that but like wasn't able to like land my next two runs but it was whatever and I actually hung on to like fourth place in that contest and that's kind of like you know what really stepped me up onto the pro team because like you know that defining moment heck yeah man that is super super cool i mean yeah everything is cooler under the lights let's all be super mm-hmm. not, like let's be honest about yeah. that one once, once you're under the lights you're feeling it you're, you're loving it everything yeah. Oh, yeah. looks cooler it's dark mm-hmm. but you can see that kind of whole thing and as you said you know five thousand people are waiting for you um that is pretty incredible and it sounds like uh you know you did your best man and it sounds pretty incredible so congratulations fourth place yeah, i mean fourth fourth best of something is pretty pretty darn impressive if you ask me i mean i'm sure of yeah. course you wanted first but hey <laughs> it could be way yeah, worse no. i mean olympic year and stuff i was like pretty pumped on it so hell yeah know, man like, we had like chase joe i think chase josie won that contest and it was like an insane run so very cool Can't, yeah and, and you you're, so you're no competing complaint. with these guys you, you're friends with them you guys you know so uh-huh. the, the competition between you is, is healthy and competitive of course um but at yeah. the same time you're you're rooting for them you're your they're your friends right so oh, it's yeah. not like oh, yeah. you're gonna get angry at some dude because uh you know he he did what he was supposed to do and he he threw it down so mm-hmm. that is that is incredible yeah, man so exactly um a couple more questions for me um so obviously this was an Olympic year. We're in 2018 right now. Depends on when you're mm-hmm. listening to it, I guess. Um, but you know, over the next couple of years, we have a couple X games coming up, obviously the Olympics in 2022. So what are some of the goals you're trying to set for yourself to see, um, you know, the possibility of either a making the Olympics. I'm sure that's a huge one, but also, uh-huh. I mean, every year you get the opportunity to, to uh, qualify for the, the X game. So what does that prospect look like? Yeah, what are the yeah, chances yeah. And, and how are you feeling about it? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like the next step for me is hopefully, you know, get that invite to X, which would be insane. That would be so like, you know, that's kind of when I grew up, like my dad would take me to X Games every year. And it's like, that's almost the limelight of snowboarding. I wouldn't even say X, you know, Olympics is huge, huge part of snowboarding, but I feel like you can get more out of the X, just as much as the X Games as you can out of the Olympics and the X Games happens every year. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the next step for like me is like, I definitely want to like, you know, keep like killing it early season, keep killing it in these like first couple contests and then hopefully get that invite tax games and then, you know, go from there, like hopefully, you know, lay some runs next. And then once I like, you know, feel like you can land runs in these bigger contests, like do tour X games. And then you start podiuming in those or something. That's like when you're like, all right, it's time for you know the the games. So, Hell yeah, man! 
And what and is uh, so? What, so it, it sounds like um, I, I understand. Like with the Olympics, there's a certain amount of points you have to get in in uh-huh. certain races. Is there anything like that for X Games, or is it just yo this guy's killing it? Let's invite him. Is there is there like it's, a? It's it's more of like an invite thing, you know. Okay. Like it's definitely like um yeah it's definitely like more of like the snowboarder part side of it rather than like x or olympics you can qualify uh through grand prix or through world cups and whatnot mm-hmm. for the u.s team it's grand prix very cool um, man. so x games it's like yeah but you know you still get recognized through grand prix and do tour or whatnot so if you can get your invites to those contests and do well in those contests and the people at x and ESPN or whatever, you know, that's how you get your invite then. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the next step is where I want to go. Very cool, brother. Very cool. And what are the chances for, uh, for 2019? Is that, is that, uh, is it looking good for you? Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, hopefully get into these first couple of contests and then, you know, lay some runs and, you know, maybe I'll be there. Love it, man. Well, Hey, we're crossing our fingers for you for the next few years as well as 2020. Um, I expect to see you there. So I'm pretty excited for it. Pretty pumped. So, um, again, everybody chase Blackwell, he's on the USA snowboard and ski team. He is a snowboarder does half pipe chase. Thank you so much for being here, man. We sincerely appreciate it. I took up enough of your time. You can get back to your day. Um, uh, so oh, thank good. you so much, man. Really appreciate it. Hope you have a great Thanks day. For and having me. Ah, please, man, stay healthy, stay well. And, uh, uh we'll be, yeah. uh, we'll be paying attention to you. I promise that. Cool. Cool. Thank you. Hey guys, thank you again for listening to another episode of Our Athletes, um, the podcast where I get to interview Olympic athletes and hopefuls on their story and path to the games. Um, I really just, I'm so grateful that you guys are listening. I sincerely appreciate it. There's one thing that I can ask for you to do is just let people know about it. Um, However you want to do that, rate, review, subscribe, comment, give me feedback. Um, Anything you want to do to let people know, um, I would really appreciate it because our athletes go through a lot over the four years that we don't really notice them. Um, they get some incredible media coverage for those couple weeks that during the games and they kind of go back to um, just being normal people with an unbelievable unique skill set that they're able to utilize and, and really they represent us on a daily basis whether we know it or not so if you could just tell some of your friends to listen to some of these the inspiration is incredible the the athletes are incredible what they have to go through on a daily basis is is incredible and i know i use incredible a lot and i'm sorry but there's no i'm not i'm not a thesaurus unfortunately and uh, i'm not the best with words i'm sure as you found out but i'm doing my best so um if there's anything that i can do better like you know not use the word incredible please give me um throw throw me an email michael at our athletes.us um our instagram handle at ourathletes.us. Um, if there's anything that I can do better, please let me know because I am trying to improve. I am trying to get better and I am trying to make this enjoyable for you as well as the athletes. So one more time, guys, thank you so much. I sincerely appreciate it and I hope you have a wonderful day.